to wish for a dream like that one in the old movie it is the one where god comes to a guy telling him that he has to build a baseball field in the middle of nowhere a farm in the u.s and that he has to build it and they will come whoever they are that is what i wished for divine certainty Something from outside of me where I didn't have to make choices every day and I knew I would succeed. How simple life wouldn't be with that, wouldn't it? Instead, I was given this desire to create stories. So many ideas I can barely cope with all of them at once. All of them want to be born, and there's only so much I can do at one time, so much I can write. And I have absolutely no certainty of anything, of success, of being able to support myself to keep creating. Which idea to put my energy into first? Where do I start? I ask myself then. And I feel a lot of creative people ask themselves that daily, right? If you are here, you're more privileged than a lot of people out there. Because you have a desire to create something more than just today life. The trudging of sameness, of boring normal life. It is because you know you want to do something else. And often you have this desire ready to explode inside of you. But where to start? What to do first? If only you knew which thread to pull, which exact direction to go. Welcome to Creative Space Mastery Podcast, the show about how to establish a framework to get your creative practice going, bringing in consistent creative productivity. I'm Tanya Crivalenti, an author who has been on the storytelling path for 20 years now. In joy and in chaos, and I'm able to be productive every week. I invite artists and all types of creators and trailblazers out there to hear about a practical process, metaphors and examples to achieve creative space mastery. When I asked what to do first, for me, I found the answer. You start by creating a space to create first. The concept of creative space in this podcast will be it's the one you can establish right now with whatever time you can give it from wherever you are in your life, however little or a lot you can give it. I will give you some examples in a bit. Second, creating will involve all activities relating to your subject. For example, researching, thinking, plotting, brainstorming, meeting with people who can contribute to the process, anything and everything. One very important point is that it has to be recurring. The frequency is not important, but it must be recurring. It can be weekly, fortnightly, monthly, or even yearly, but it has to be unwaveringly recurring. 
It is an agreement with self, non-negotiable, contractual, you know, like in happiness and in sadness, in calmness or in chaos, in health or in sickness. Another point to make, it is that it's imperfect as hell. The final work of art may strive for perfection, but everything that comes before and the process itself has to go through a lot of shit before. It will never get you anything good. If you're not willing to make mistakes, to create really horrible things, to expose yourself, you will never have what it takes to learn and to become better in what you do, to create results with true value. So remember that perfection is never required as a starting point. Lastly, creative space has to come with space. And the podcast is all about how to make this happen, protecting the creation, the space in the middle for the flow to come through, as I said in episode zero. In summary, creative space is something you can establish right now with whatever time you can give it involving all activities relating to your art. It is recurring, contractual, it is an imperfect process and it is a protected space for inspiration to come through the middle. about how I achieved my creative space mastery and hope that can give you some examples on how you could set up some time commitments for your creative practice as a starting point. One day I heard a voice on the radio saying out loud, writing is your gift supreme. I was driving home alone after another excruciating day at work back in Brazil And believe me, I know the radio is not supposed to talk to you and how crazy that is, but I had to listen to the message. I had been writing all my life, but hadn't realized how important it had become to me. Writing was my lover at the point. I was hiding, writing stolen moments and locking my stories away so my then-husband wouldn't have to suffer the presence of my hot characters and the scenes that kept pouring out of my unstoppable imagination. When that phrase came out of the radio work, I had to pay attention. I know how weird it is, but between being normal and boring and being weird and interesting, I'll take interesting any day. Still, I was stuck. I worked 70 kilometers from home in industrial marketing for long hours. The culture was bad, even though I had good friends. The hierarchy and pressure were not inspiring. I wasn't dancing, which is and has always been my muse. There was no time or energy. Until I was 17, I was on the path of becoming a professional classical ballet dancer. It's either a pity or fate that I was born with joints so hard I would put Pinocchio to shame. I blame my poor dad 
for whom dancing the three four of one two three four of any sequence is a huge challenge and his joints are like mine Mum is a retired physicist and a dancer at 76, and she's storming the fit dance scene weekly in Brazil, dancing every day. She's more flexible than my sister and I put together. I didn't have what it takes to be a ballet dancer physically. I had the technique and the plum, stage presence, but was too jointed and inflexible in other senses too. I never considered other types of dancing professionally then. If I had, I still think there is a timeline out there in the multiverse where I am a dancer. An alternate reality where I found Latin dance much younger, not at 30. But in this multiverse, at 17 I got tired of struggling against the grain and decided to look for another profession. I went into a Bachelor of Communications and Marketing, while I kept dancing as a hobby. Funny that when I let go of the old dream I was holding on so tightly to, I got it. I achieved all my dancing dreams, even performed the White Swan Suite and the Kitri Suite from Don Quixote. They were only three minute long solos for local audiences, but the boxes were ticked and I could move on to other dreams. However, when the radio spoke to me, there was nothing. I was in a rut, paralyzed in a draining routine that took me nowhere. Until the universe put its two feet on my derriere and pushed me out. I found myself one evening in front of my house, two meters of dirty polluted water inside, a flood raging around us. I was on the street, which was on a bit of a higher level. The same disgusting water was up to my waist. I was trying not to think about that muck touching my lady bits and wondering if my husband and the dear friend who worked at my parents' household and have been helping us were going to die. Yep, they are dead for sure, I thought, watching the two cars we had sink under the water in the garage in front of me. We saved the people. We got a rope and lowered the dinghy under the roof and took them out through a hole in the roof and then pulled them to safety. We were held by local people. There are not enough emergency services in Brazil. The flood was one of the worst experiences in my life and one of the best things that could have happened to me. After that, I lost all attachment to anything I possessed. What was left had all been left with watermarks, literal ones, and my dream of living abroad became more real. My cousin, who had immigrated to Sydney, visited me in Brazil a week after that and planted a seed. In a few months, I would be landing in Sydney myself, searching for one thing, a life with quality for writing. It would be a long journey. The first two years were a whirlwind of activities of getting settled and adapting to a new culture, place, language, and mostly in search of a permanent visa. 
The writing that happened then was haphazard and through emails to family and friends that I called Australian Dream. Then there were the two years of studying and back-breaking work to get a permanent visa. A very creative solution that I found, but which included 900 hours of pastry chef work in the kitchen, when I only survived because I was working towards the quality of life for writing. When I looked at that stamp on the passport, I had the feeling of achievement of a milestone. The moment I got the permanent visa, I set my creative practice. Next day, I started writing every day on the Manly Ferry, on the way to work. That was my first established creative space, 30 minutes daily, and it continued for years. You can create a lot with that. I wrote two e-books with that time. A second example of practice was when I took a sabbatical year for writing. I didn't know yet how to do it well, and I went into over-efforting. I wrote every day on weekends too. But I had commitment, and all that I've learned I'm using here on this podcast. Made a lot of mistakes too. When I had to go back to full-time work, I discovered there was such a thing as a master of creative writing, and I came out four years later on the other side of it. That was a process in itself. The commitment was to part-time classes, assignment, and all the writing for submitting the pieces for workshopping. The creative space was implicit in the course. At some point, I discovered and joined writing groups from associations, such as the New South Wales Writer Centre, as it was called at the time, now writing New South Wales. I also discovered NaNoWriMo, the November Nighting Marathon, which you can commit to once a year and write 50,000 words if writing is your thing. When work was too busy, there were the writing meetups at the pub. Those were hilarious. We went there every week, arrived, said hello, and drowned the ambient noise with individual headphones and wrote for two or three hours straight in silence. Some people would chat at the two-hour mark, but I would push for the maximum number of words I could get. Something about the group energy helped me push through the tiredness of work and made me commit to the writing. I also had the idea of going away for short, low-budget self-writing retreats. I would get Airbnbs within driving distance or flights with points on long weekends and spend three or four days writing away. During COVID lockdowns, I invented my writing retreats at home. I told everyone I would be off-grid, turned off my phone and dove into writing retreats for days at an end. Until came a time in my career when I was able to rise through the ranks enough to work four days, write one day a week. That was when I truly mastered my creative space, when I could have one writing day every week. Recently, I went through a 10-month hiatus of job searching, when I committed to three inspired job search actions per day. 
It usually takes about half a day. Job applying is a time-consuming exercise. And with the rest of the time, every day, I followed my creativity and dove into whatever creative project was at hand, including this podcast. No over or under efforting. That kept me very productive and in creative flow, avoiding anxiety and going into my head. I hope this can give you some examples of how you can set up your creative time. Remember, it has to be recurring. It can be signing up for a yearly retreat of your type of interest with like-minded people if you have the available resources. Or commit you to hours of online creative or discussion group. You can do courses, join real-life groups, create on commute to work, dedicate thinking creative time during walks or runs, where you don't distract yourself with anything else in your headphones. Use at most instrumental music, no podcasts or audible books that demand your attention. You can do the NaNoWriMo every November if you're a writer. Could you say half a Saturday every week? Or could you take a Friday a fortnight off from work? Could you wake up 20 minutes earlier every day? Only you know what will be feasible and available for you now with your resources work and family commitments. There are no wrong answers. If you try something and it doesn't work, you will have a better idea of what will work for you. So try something and then something else that comes to mind from the experiences of the first trial. Commit to it. You will adjust it until you find the right answer for you. And then you will adapt to the life you are living at the time. Because life and circumstances change all the time too. Start today. Start right now. I lost my dear friend Mauricio, Moz as he was known among his bodyboarder friends a few months ago. And when death becomes tangible for us, when it's someone at the peak of their physical form in life who suddenly goes, you face the reality that anyone around you die, and you will die too. And if you don't start creating now, tomorrow might be too late. So forget perfection. Remember that genius is not for us, artists or creators, to decide or control. If we are born with it, or comes from God or gods, I don't know. But however we get it, it is from beyond us, either physical or metaphysical. I don't have the answers. We just make the space. If we are given genius, we are grateful and we make it proud. There is a famous phrase from a Brazilian author that repeats in my consciousness as what we go through as human beings. He served his sentence, met with the only irremediable evil, which is the mark of our strange destiny on earth, that unexplainable fact that levels everything that is alive into a single flock of the condemned, because everything that is alive dies. This is from Alto da Compadecida, from Mariano Suassuna. 
Moss, my friend, was living his best life until he wasn't. And that gives us comfort, his friends and family. He was making his creativity proud. He was working part-time, surfing, studying music composition. He created the music I'm using at the start and end of each podcast here. Live your best life right now with what resources are present for you. Think of a time you can commit to your creative process and start. Start right now. Book it into your calendar or register for the course you have in mind. Sign into the group meeting or tell your people about it. Start it today. Thank you for listening to Creative Space Mastery Podcast. You will find all about this discussion at creativespacemastery.com and hope to catch you at my next episode. If you like it, give the show some stars and share it with someone who could enjoy it. See you next time. Ciao!